Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. They didn't get swept. Don't call it a comeback. Tonight, we're going to talk about the art of the comeback on one mic. On RSG. This thing right here is for my people's in the streets. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And if you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff lock, lock, lock. Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Yes, yes, today as we start this show, this one mic. And before we get into it, we want to say that all callers, all the hosts are brought to you by our good friends over there at Carbon World Health. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to get that total fitness and beauty solution. Call Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff and let them know that the Real Sports Guy sent you. And it is. It wasn't a sweep. The fellas were just like, y'all not going to party on our floor. But before we get into this idea, what's the comeback? What's the comeback? What is it like? What are some of the greatest comebacks you've had a chance to, to witness? This is far from being in the comeback space. You know, they only won one game. It could be over on Monday night. But this is a good time to talk about it. You know, you don't, don't talk about it when you're at game seven. Like last year, they were down 3-1. You go back and listen at the tapes. I was like, I don't, I, I got to, you know, LeBron's not dead yet. And he started to, like a superhero, get stronger. He found a, he found a, he found a counter to that kryptonite. But this time they brought in another superhero, Kevin Durant. So it's going to be a little big, taller mountain to go. But we're going to talk about the comeback. Before I get in, though, I, I got to pay homage. You always got to pay homage to Big Bruh. You know, one of, one, you know it, it, it's a great thing to be able to do a show like this with, Someone that's like a family member to you. So you, y'all know him. Y'all know him from inside the park. You know, my, 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 you know, my partner in crime on this one, Hank Davis. How you doing, Hank? Hey, you know, it's, it's been a, a stressful week for me, D. You know, let me, let me start off by first saying, just before we went on air, 
to tell you happy birthday again on behalf of me and my family. You know, just I hope you had a very, very lovely and blessed birthday. I want to also say to you that uh, I had to testify with James Comey this week in front of the Congressional Committee (laughs) to testify that this is the baddest uh, podcast in the nation. That's right. That's right. (laughs) They know about it. They know about it. And, 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 and it's so bad that we, we that Trump might get on Twitter by the time we're done with that. Yes, he will. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. Well, it was a thank you for wishing you happy birthday, man. It was a great day. You know, 27 holes of golf. I hadn't done that in a long time, hanging out with, you know, one of my young colleagues the first half of the day, and then uh, my guy Mo Red, who's been a contributor on our airwaves, uh, you know, took me up uh, for nine holes, and then we went and had some dinner and watched the game and watched it unfold uh, and uh, had a chance to watch uh, the Gold State player lose their mind. Uh, and uh, LeBron gave KD that Rucker Park look, like there are no and ones in here. And so that w- it was some, some thrilling moments. Uh, you, had, you had young Kyrie who, uh, you know, went into his, uh, 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 his alter ego and hit 40, uh, you know, they, they did what champions are supposed to do. They, they, did, they said, hey, you're going to get us, you're not going to do it at home. Uh, but it got a lot of people talking, thinking, what's going on? What's the psyche? At what point is there a tipping point where Golden State, you know, right now they're still dominant. All the numbers play their way, whatever. But what point where you might say, oh, there might be a problem here? Uh, Houston, we've got a problem. And that's what we're going to talk about. We all had a chance to witness comebacks. Even as recently as the Super Bowl, where, you know, the great Tom Brady laid it on the line. And so we'll talk about that tonight. But the first question I want to ask you, Hank, who was more nervous before game four? I'm going to give you three people. LeBron, Ty Lue, or Khloe Kardashian? <laughs> you know what? Uh that, that that's a ter- that's a terrific question. Uh if if you when you stop and think about it, let, let's let's break it down a little bit. If you're LeBron James, you don't have nothing to lose, okay? You can go out there, quite frankly, for the rest of this series and play with reckless abandon. Um I don't think that you know, you 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 become uh nervous in a situation like this. You go out, you play loose, you do what you got to do, you leave it on the floor. If you're Ty Lue, why would you be nervous, okay? Again, you've done something that no coach in Cleveland history has ever done, and that's bring a championship last year in dramatic fashion, all right? And you can make all the excuses you want to. Now, if you're Khloe Kardashian, if you're Khloe Kardashian, all right, now, you going in there, and you've got a, a, a family history, a family curse, if you will. Every time one of y'all's names with the Kardashians mess with a celebrity or a, a, a professional athlete, it seems like that is the beginning of the end for that poor critter right there. All right? So to say that uh, who, who's nervous I would give it to Chloe before I would anybody else. But one you didn't mention was Tristan Thompson, who I would have said was more nervous <laughs> than anybody else. 
that's who I would have said outside of the three that you mentioned. But but that's that would be the one that I would be the most concerned with. Listen, you know, uh, you have been very disappointed with the Cleveland Cavaliers defending champions if they would have just flat out laid an egg at home, okay? We all heard the stories after game three, how devastating they were, uh, how devastating of a loss that was for, for Cleveland. We heard the narrative of, you know, this might be LeBron's last game in Cleveland, and it very well very well will be, you know. Uh, but then that wouldn't have been a good way for him to go out. Also, if you're the Golden State Warriors, you have to guard against a little bit of overconfidence. I think being humble in this game uh, might have been able to get them focused. You know, people fail to realize that team hadn't lost at all in this playoffs, not at all. They had won. They had already set the record for the most playoff victories in one playoff season with 15. All right? So to see them go perfect would have been, you know, you know they, they, there they go again with the records. But it would have been, to me, it would have been really anticlimactic if that would have happened. But moreover, it would have really been a sour note for LeBron James to absolutely be spanked like that on the floor, you know, in Cleveland, you know, with all of the bravado that was going on. So uh, to your to your point, uh, because of what you gave me, I would say Khloe Kardashian, but 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 one uh, A would be Tristan Thompson. <laughs> and you could tell, and I was telling Mo this, you know, everything people want to say about Khloe. Chloe is a ride or die. And if you watch the way she's in her relationship, out of all the Kardashians, she is the most ride or die. And it was almost like you could say, you could tell that she gave him a pep talk. Like, you don't come out here and play like no punk. Because his his post-game press conference where he was talking, his chest was out like his lady was behind him. Wasn't it? It was like he was like, I you know, like he was talking like, like he fulfilled something because she had she had put up she had drawn a line in the sand. She's like, my reputation's on the line, your reputation's on the line. You better play like this is game seven. Right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I right. Mean, he played like he had somebody else in his ear, and his post game press conference is the kind of thing you say when your chest is out like that. And so she motivated. She, she knew a whole bunch was online. For everybody in the family on that game, you know what they do from here on out. But he was—I mean, Steph Curry had more rebounds than this. Steph Curry, man, you know, I've been getting a little bit on him about his toughness, everybody. He—he's rebounding. One assistant coach was saying that he thinks pound for pound he's the best rebounder on their team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I watch him rebound. I'm like, you know, I—I was giving Steph a little bit of something here and there, but you know, Steph is in there boarding. So if Steph got more boards than you, you know. Because you know this, man, rebound is effort. And, Tristan, you have nothing else. Your job description, that's your number one thing, your job description. It's like if you score, that's great. But the one thing you got to do besides, you know, be a force at the rim to help protect the rim is rebound. And the thing that I – this is when people say, well, what do they need to do to keep things going in the first game? The hidden stat for me that Cleveland is doing, and, and this is all about effort, and that you saw Friday night, is eliminating second and third shots. 
I was listening to it. There's a stat. Uh, Golden State is shooting their best. And this is you probably you like man. This that'll make sense. Their best three point shooting lineup is actually when their bigs are on the floor. Mm-hmm. They are actually shooting when they go small, like thirty four percent. A lot of that is like uh, because Draymond's not shooting as well. Mm-hmm. So these guys are missing shots, and then when you watch the game, you look at the number of baskets they get off a of second and third shot. And so the, the one thing I'm doing when I'm playing Golden State, and, and I'm Ty Lue, is like, look, we're going to defend hard and make them make shots. The, but the one thing we're going to do, when they shoot, they shoot and make it, tap them on the butt and go on down the court. If they miss, that's our ball. Right. And, but, and you, saw it, that, uh, you saw a little bit of that. You saw a little bit of that in this game. But, again, I, I, I also saw something about uh, Golden State that kind of frustrated me, even though, you know, they, they still ended up scoring, what, 113 points or something like that. Uh, the thing that, that, that troubles me about them is just, that, you know, there's an opportunity to slow the game down. And, and, and maybe this is just the old schooler in me, D. There's an opportunity to slow this game down. Kind, kind, kind of get your legs underneath you. Don't let this team just blow your doors off, Okay. And, and do what you can to slow them down, especially if you can't stop them defensively. At least try to limit how many possessions they're going to get and a half. And they were still chucking up shots, and some of those shots were ridiculous. Okay, it, it makes you just want to turn your TV off. You, you think something might happen, they might get – but it's like they reverted back to that a little bit of what I saw in the, in the final stages of Game 7 last year. And it's like, guys, okay, it's, I, I know you got an old school coach over there. It's Steve Kerr, all right, and Mike Brown. Listen, somebody say something. You know, there's there's no there's no need for that, okay? That you know they're going, you know, Cleveland was going to come out a guns are blazing. They were not going to just come out there and roll over and play dead. They're the defending champs. You got you got arguably one of the greatest players in the league ever playing for that team. That wasn't going to happen. You got to stem the tie. You can't go. You can't go toe to toe on their floor and think you're gonna come out. You know, ahead. that was the dumbest thing I had ever seen. And they were just chucking up shots. It was getting down the court, and the game was out of hand before you had a chance to get through your first beverage. And and, and that's the thing I've always believed about. And I think uh, even um, uh, Popovich said that. Like these guys will let you back in games because so, part of it is. That's the way they play. And if they play that way, they can shoot themselves into great leagues, but they can also shoot you back in the game. They're not going to hold the ball. That's not how they play. And right. so part of it is, you, you know, you, you can't get demoralized. you got to stay with it. So if they get a little lead, know that they will shoot you back in it. They're going to take some quick shots. There's no patience there. Their job, they're going to pass it, get the open shot, they're going to shoot it. And they'll pull a three. And, and the key, I think, part of it is, is and we'll get more into this later, is uh, one of the things Mo says something interesting. If that big lineup is what makes them tick on the three-point line, I think what you saw more is you look at the number of shots Petulia. Petulia probably took five or six more shots, which meant they were forcing those shots to them and making them take the shot. And making those guys take the shot, even with Draymond, taking that shot when the clock's running down. Durant and, and, and uh, uh, KD uh, and, and Thompson, they're used to taking shots when the clock's winding down. Some of these other guys aren't always used to taking shots when this clock is winding down. So if you can get them to be the ones shooting, because they shot more shots in this previous game 
than they had in any other games. Those guys have yeah. more attempts, and that's what you, you want them having more attempts. If they're going to be on the court, make them shoot the ball, and I'll live with it. Make them shoot over the top, and I'm going to live with it. And I think those are the things that you have to do. And, I, and, and as we get into talking a little about the game, I got some theories in terms of if you were going to create a, a comeback in this scenario, the psychology you would use if you were Ty Lue and LeBron James. But we'll talk to that about that in, in, uh, 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 in, in, in a little bit. But one of the things that I want to hit you with is that one of the things they said that kind of got, you know, other than, you know, like you said, motivation of not letting them win on your floor is enough, right? But then you mm-hmm. heard the past player heard a lot of chirping from uh, those state side, particularly I think Draymond, about what they wanted to do on their floor and popping champagne. One of the things about Golden State that I thought they would learn from last year, and um, who said Rick Fox said you don't. He said he said you don't win a championship. You have to take a championship. <laughs> like you and part of the problem is they were acting like Cleveland was just gonna lay down and we gonna part and party. And there's a psychology around how much. Like I, you know me, I'm into trash talking. I like talking, but Golden State. Is they front runner talkers, right? When stuff go bad, they they're talking to take the wheels off. So they talk. Cleveland says that's part of channeling getting motivation. You can argue about that or not, but you know Hoopers, you know oh so you gonna party on my floor? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit. I'm gonna dig a little deeper on it, right? Then so they start going back at them, and then you started seeing Draymond going into the old Draymond. You start seeing uh, uh, Steph starting to unravel a little bit. And it seems like when Gold State unravels, like when they're talking and reading, they can do it. But when somebody gets in their head, I've never seen a championship-caliber team like them with great players unravel so quickly and almost, I mean, how many texts they get, did they get? Like, like no control. Like they go from control to no control faster than any team I've ever seen. And that part about, you know, if I'm LeBron, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm knowing where I'm going. But that idea of the chirping in the locker room, let sleeping dogs lie. When you heard some of that stuff, how did you react to that? I mean, and a lot of people will say, oh, that shouldn't have been motivated. But you know athletes. I'm already motivated. But if I hear you, you know how it is. I hear you in the club. It got back to me. That's going to take a little bit deeper. What did you hear? What did you think when you heard some of that chirping that was going on and partying after you losing 3-1 last year? Well, see, this is, this is, this is the thing. And, and this is what I was talking about. You know, I, I, I lay this right on the, the lap of your coach, of Steph Curry, you know, of the organization. Y'all blew it last year doing the same thing, all right? If you go, you, you're going to have to close out this team. They're not going to just roll over and give it to you, all right? I thought that was very uh, very immature on their part, okay? And I, thought, and I think that uh, you just can't – Go in here and assume that 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 is all said and done. And and I will also say that I believe that Golden State started reading some of the press clippings, some of the stories where you, you hear LeBron saying, "Well, I'm, I'm wore out." You know, we talked about this last last show mm-hmm. about there's no more big games. You start playing the last game of the season for seven or eight years. I don't care how great you are, that starts to take its toll on your body because now you're playing longer than anybody else. You got to start getting ready for the next season. And, and so on and so on. So if they started to hear and all that and started to relax and all these teams, now this team's coming out like, you know, we ain't got nothing to lose. 
you know, it's back against the wall time. We're not going out like that. Now, next thing you know, you're down 21 points. Okay, now you done lost your cool. Now you done lost your mojo. And and, and and don't get it twisted. If you don't think that they didn't look and see they hadn't lost all playoff season and that didn't play into this a little bit, that they thought they could just go out there and throw their jock straps on the court out there at, at, at Quicken Lawns Arena and it was all going to be done, I'm telling you that's what happened. Okay, I think the best thing that, well, we'll see, but the best thing that probably could have happened with them was for them to get smacked around like that. Let's let's remind these. Let's let's not forget that just 365 days ago, what happened to you? All right. I thought that was very immature. I thought that they started to feel themselves, and we'll see. They will absolutely see real quick here whether they learned anything. All right. Sometimes you got to be humbled, and they were not humbly humble. They were smacked. Okay. So now the narrative changes. So we aren't the only ones that's talking about the great comeback. All right, because it happened already. And it should be deja vu for this team. Well, hey, we're just getting warmed up. This is RG One Mike with Hanky Devon in the show today is the art of the comeback. Cavs win game four, going into game five, but it's sparking a lot of conversation around, you know, scenario comeback, but just all the other comebacks we've kind of seen in sports and how we kind of feel about in this in the cipher when we come back after this break. Hank and I will talk about what we believe are the components that make up a comeback, some of our favorite comebacks of all time. And, you know, and even that moment when you knew, it's something instinctively you knew this is a comeback moment. So you come back, this is RG One Mike with Hank and Devon. Here we go. Hi, this is Brett Bielma, head coach of the University of Arkansas Razorbacks, and you're keeping it real with the real sports guys. Whoopig. Different pieces as well, but you know, it's just, this is good stuff to talk about. Come back and 
this is the kind of thing that makes the sports uh, a great thing is when you, you see these incredible comebacks and you think the game is all but lost or the series is all but lost and then just something comes out of nowhere. So in this segment called The Cypher, this is kind of where we kind of get to the heart of the podcast. Um, we're going to uh, talk about the components. Hank and I will go back and forth about things that are key to uh, a comeback in our mind for something to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, Hank, I want to, you know, maybe give you honors uh, to kind of, you know, you've seen a lot of comebacks in different sports. Um, and obviously, you know, a one-game thing like the Super Bowl comeback is different than a series comeback, right? Uh, or, right. A, you know, if you're in a tennis match, and we've seen a lot of great tennis matches where there's been some comebacks where it looked like it was lost. You're down three or four sets. and so there's, But there are, there, some of those components are many components within those single day or single event versus series events. But what do you, what do you see are important components to a comeback where it looks like it's lost? Well, let's talk about a series, okay? Because this is this is this is what we really want to kind of focus on right now today. So there, there there's a couple of them. Cause I'm not going to take them all from you, D, because you know I you know I, I could come up with about a half a dozen in about 30 seconds. But I'm going to give a couple that that really uh, you have to keep an eye on, okay? The first one I want to talk about, especially when you've got like a, a almost what they call a commanding lead in a series where it looks like it's all said and done. The one thing I want to talk about is a significant injury to a key player or for some reason a key player or a key component no longer is going to be able to finish the series. Let's look at the series from last year. Okay, going back to Golden State for game five, it was very clear that the NBA had decided to suspend Draymond Green. Draymond Green, for everything that he was, was a catalyst while he was on the floor. Him not being on the floor in game five, that game, then uh, Cleveland took that game, changed the momentum of that entire series. So now you're 3-2 going back home to Cleveland, all right? And then, as we saw, the whole, the whole momentum of that, of that series changed, all right? So that's one component. All of a sudden, you have that one player or that one piece, that one element, all of a sudden is now missing that was there in the first three or four games. And now all of a sudden you're finishing out the series, and it totally changes your psyche. That's the one thing I want to talk about. The other one we talk that, that I want to I want to bring up too is that heart of a champion. Okay, now what I mean by a heart of a champion, D, is that you know just because the series did not go your way, you never felt, that, and, and we've seen it in the past, have we not? Where for a, a, a fluke here or something there, all of a sudden it looks like a team has got a commanding three to one lead. But you don't feel, even if you're watching it, or even if you're a fan of that team out in front, that you're not really comfortable. You know, it's like you know that 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 you're you're in the lead, you're feeling good about yourself, but you know you haven't dominated this team. You know that that that, that the bounces went your way, okay, but you have not fully dominated. This team, and then all of a sudden, like we saw uh, the uh, the other night, yep. even though what we saw was pretty much domination, but we saw some flukish stuff happen in Game Three, and then we see the other night that that team now figures it out. I'm going to take some of you all back a little bit. Once upon a time, when basketball was basketball, uh, we I, I, I remember when we I watched the uh, the Boston Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks. This is back in the era where Boston Celtics had the names of the Larry Birds and the Dennis Johnsons and the Kevin McHales. And, oh, by the way, you had Atlanta Hawks with players like Kevin Willis, Dominique Wilkins, and, oh, yes, Glenn Doc Rivers. 
all right? And somehow, in the, in the, in the lexicon of this game, the, the, the Atlanta Hawks found themselves up on the Boston Celtics three games to one. Everybody thought all of a sudden that the Boston dynasty was going to be derailed. Next thing you know, there's a win on uh, the, the, the floor back in the Boston Garden. Next thing you know, there's a win now at the old Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Now they're tied at three. Nobody this side of uh, the United States, the world, the planet, thought Atlanta was going to win that series at that point. Why? Because the heart of the champion, just because the ball bounced this way, because the ball bounced that way, did not anyone think that if if there was a chance that Boston could get, get back in that series, they were going to win it. The heart of a champion. It's where you better put that team out. Once you know, it, it was said in boxing D a long time ago. You don't decision the champion. You've got to knock them out. You give a champion, you give a champion a chance to get up off the mat and continue to fight. You're in trouble. Okay, it, it, the series is not over until the series is over. If you celebrate a three-one lead, you could be done. So these things you want to watch: the heart of the champion, which this year will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. And any significant losses. Right now we haven't seen that so far. So far both teams relatively healthy. So we want to see what happens. I'm going to leave it with that too. I want to, I want to hear yours. I got some more to say, but, you know, I, you know, we got to team up on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I mean, you had some good ones. I think to add on yours is that you have to have leaders and a coach that can take the enormity of the comeback and create small battles. So the, my great example that I would have as a favorite one was, uh, I believe, the 1990 finals uh, between the Pistons and the Trailblazers. And uh, Trailblazers had a great team. And I think they took, they came, they took game one and two. Right, in Detroit. In Detroit. And, uh, and, and uh, those cats with the Trailblazers were like, we're not coming back. Remember that? And it yes, looked sir. like it was all but done. And, and the Pistons had never won in Portland, had won in Portland in a long time. So they were going out to a place they hadn't even won. And Bill Lambeer took it onto himself. And Portland had an incredible front line. Duckworth and all, you know, Buck Williams and all these I mean, it was like, you know, they had, they had the Legion of Doom, a front Wrong line. Wrong like, Joe like, like. If 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 you if they weren't gonna win on the court, they were gonna win off the court kind of guy. And um, yeah, that team was bad. Lambeer <laughs> single handedly went out there and disrupted that whole front lineup. He had made a decision that his job, his victory was to disrupt their front line. And you need those kind of small victories and small elements to create cracks of doubt that you decide on. And so one of the great things I said about, you know, uh, for the Cavaliers, the one thing they got to say, you know, LeBron and, and Ty Luke got to look at the team because he knows they might be wavering. They might look, if they win, they're not sweeping us tonight. If they go out, they, they, you, you go out to Golden State. If they win, they're not going to beat us 4-1. We're going to make sure that's going to happen. They're going to have to earn it. You know, you create, you create some small victory Super Bowl moments that everybody mm-hmm. can rally around, and then they look up and they say, oh, look how far we've come. I, mean, I think that's the key. You've got you to you make the mountain a whole bunch of molehills, and you've got to have right. leaders who have the ability to keep you in that moment 
in order for those things to happen to then also allow for, even if you have the injury, allow for that other team to get to a point psychologically where they start contributing. So, you know, the great thing about this game is game four, one element of it is psychologically they lost that cool. So then Draymond them start contributing, they start chirping, they can get next ball to play. <laughs> like, so if they help you do what you want to do in the first place. And so you have to create those kind of moments in order to get the momentum going. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, because you, you, you brought up that leadership piece. And, you know, we, the, your your superstars have to play like superstars. And they have to always uh, maintain that regardless of the adversities that you're going through. You know, we're going to talk a lot about what we just saw several months ago in the Super Bowl, you know, where we just absolutely – people had turned that game off at halftime. It was over, Okay. But the thing about it is it's always something. When you're either in a series or you're in one game, you have to finish, okay? You have to finish. The minute that you get comfortable and you have not seen triple zeros on the clock and that team is vanquished is when you're in trouble. We saw a lot of that on Friday, and it really brings up what you're saying. What we, what we talked about to start the show, how do you close out a champion? You don't let them get out there and blow your doors off, and then you say, "Well, let's take it, let's go home and get it." It don't work that way. Uh, uh-uh. uh. It don't work that way because guess what? They're gonna they're going to employ the same strategy on you. You've got to do something different. You've got to be able to close this team out. I want to talk about something else too? We, you know, is have you ever done it before? Okay, this is another thing. You heard me talk a little bit, D, about the heart of the champion. Think about this a little bit. You get a team that is that close to a championship, okay, they're already talking about where they're going to hold the parade, what they're going to do on this team's floor. Oh, wait a minute now. You haven't closed this team out yet. And all of a sudden, that, I'm, going to, I'm going to use another, uh, uh, another sports analogy for you, okay? You remember when uh, one of the greatest upsets in, in sports history is when uh, uh, Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. Okay, that's right. That's all over the news. Remember that? But before that yeah. fight was over, guess what happened? Mike Tyson hit Buster Douglas with one of them patented uppercuts and knocked his butt down. That's right. That could have been over right. right then and there. It could have been averted. Okay? But he got up, he had to poise himself and finish that fight, and he had to knock out the champion. This is what you have to do. The minute you get comfortable and relaxed, all of a sudden you get the deer in the headlights, which is another one of my components, and then that champion starts to gain their footing, starts to gain their footing. I also think, I think you a good one. They've got to remember their champion, right? For me, right, right. And, 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 you know, one of the great moments last year was when uh, LeBron blocked Steph's shot like he was a little brother. And, and looked at him like, what you doing down here? Have you forgotten who I am? He gave me, have you forgotten? And you, Steph looked up at him, and you could tell Steph would have a bark at. And, and it was interesting because I think you almost saw that moment between LeBron and KD. Like, you playing, but don't you, <laughs> you may win. Don't forget who, who gets the big piece of chicken at the table in this generation. He gave him that generational right. look. 
Like you know where the pecking order is. Don't let don't believe don't believe the, the print. You know the Although, pecking order. Although I, I, I got to tell you, I got to step in right here. I I got to give it to KD because he didn't back away. I got to give it oh, to he, KD. He, 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 that's the one dog. That that's, the one, that's the that, one. That's the one dog. That I was said, his moment not to back away. Right. I mean, that's the one dog in this whole fight that that don't mind biting back. That's the one right there. I watched that whole exchange, and he was and he was right up in my, uh, LeBron's grill. They had to come get him. He wasn't trying to back off. He just stayed right there with him. I give him a lot of credit for that. And his teammates watched he, it. Yeah, that, that was that, that was that deep that deep magic moment. Right, like, right. You know, we, we 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 worked out together, but don't get it twisted here. You know, but LeBron gave him that look. He gave a look. You know, but LeBron was trying to let. You know, they called me a team for a reason. You know, so we'll see. You know, they're gonna have. They got in this series. They gotta have at least two of those moments. Like if there's a moment like that in Game Five, you know, and and, and LeBron coming out of the middle and dunk on everybody, and they had that conversation. You know, that's where they find a battle. You know, that's where it's about wills right now. Okay. And you're gonna see what's gonna happen. And so you're right, but the big dogs has gotta let everybody know there's no more punching. If they're gonna beat us, they're gonna to have to beat us. But we coming. And that right. that moment, like you said, that leadership piece is is real. That's the cycle. That gives the people like Kyle confidence to play. You know what I'm saying? It gives, it, it reminds Jr. like, oh, let me take my shirt off. <laughs> let me take my shirt off. Right. You know that part is coming out. He got to give him that 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 spirit back. But that, the, the superstars got to have that moment. Mike always had that moment. That's one thing about Mike. Is Mike knew he had to go for the heart of the superstar and other team. Mike knew it. He knew he had to go dunk on Patrick. You know what I'm saying? He knew. Right. He knew he had to go at Mike. And he had to go at Magic. You know, he knew he had to let his team know. You know, he and Gary Payton. Now, the Gary Payton one, that's my one where I think he got away with something because that that one was all on the our Seattle coach over there who didn't put Gary Payton on Mike for, like, the first two games. And then he finally put him on him. He started playing. But we'll, that one we'll put aside. But but when he, went, he had to go at clock, you know. And so, you know, Mike knew that part of you got to take the head off. And Mike never let that go. And I think that part is very important. Uh, when you try to make a comeback, you gotta let your team know that you've had enough. <laughs> you, I've just had enough. And right, going right. Going down like that. <laughs> All right, you listen to RSG One Mike. You're here with Hank and Devon. We're talking about the art of the comeback. You know, all hosts and callers are brought to you by Carbon World Health. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com. Connect with my man, Dr. Nesta Rodriguez, and the staff. Uh, let them know that the, the real sports guys. Uh, again, one might that show we go deep. You know, uh, Cleveland just came off of you know you know keeping us from being swept. They still got a mountain to climb. It's going to be hard game for them out in Game Five. You're going to, the uh, Dub City going to be off the hook. But we're speculating. You know, we're using this this day right before to like you know, hey, let's speculate. Let's make it interesting. You know, um, they went Game Five. What happened? And so. Uh, Hank and I are just going through and thinking about uh, some of the comebacks. And, and so, so now, you know, we're in a cipher. We're going a little bit deeper. You know, what, what's, what's, a, what's a favorite comeback that you um, had a chance to, to watch in sports that you just like is one of your favorite comebacks? Well, you know what? 
I, you know, I'm 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 a I'm a sports geek, okay. So you know, for for all y'all out there, think I'm going to mention something about Michigan, or 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 one of our local teams out here. It, it's it's not one of those, okay. Uh, I, there there's a couple of them that I've, I've got to just bring up. The first one is going to be a little bit off the radar, but we go back to uh, 2001, okay, uh, the year of 9/11. Uh, and the New York Yankees playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it would have just been poetic justice, if you will, had the Yankees went on with everything that happened in New York to win the World Series, and it would have just been a storybook, uh, just been a storybook ending to, to a, a just a, an awful year, you know, in our, in our country's history. But uh, there was a flag on the play. Nobody told the Diamondbacks about this. Uh, but the first two games, the first two games uh, went to the New York Yankees. They won on the last, they won on the on the last at bat or, or a home run in the last late innings uh, to win the first two games. They went back to Arizona. I believe Arizona won the next game, and then the Yankees won the next game, and they were up three games to one. And it just seemed like okay, the storybook ending was going to happen. Uh, the next game was in. Uh, New York. It was won by the Diamondbacks. This was the year where the Diamondbacks had two Hall of Famers, Randy Johnson, and they had Kurt Schilling. Make a long story short, if you guys go back and look, you got a game seven in which both Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson pitched in that game. Randy Johnson pitched a gym in in, uh, in um, game six. And it, was, it was on the last at bat in the last inning with Mariano Rivera, who's another Hall of Famer, against uh, Gonzalez for the Jose Gonzalez for the uh, Diamondbacks, who was their big superstar at the time. He hit the bleeder base hit back up through the middle. The Diamondbacks win on their last on a walk off. It was an amazing series. It was one that was very fun to watch. It was one that was absolutely, if you're a baseball fan or just a fan of the sport, it had so much intrigue and it was a blast. The other one I have to mention, we just we just witnessed. We just witnessed what I have to, what I will say, one of the greatest Super Bowl comebacks, one of the greatest comebacks I have ever seen. That game was over between the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. That one was over by any stretch of the imagination. One thing we didn't talk too much about, D, was the impact of coaching in these comebacks. When coaches sometimes mm-hmm. comfortable and just mm-hmm. start losing their mind, okay, down the stretch of games when – any other time, any other game, any other season, they know the right thing to do. But for some reason, they're afraid to do the right thing and start getting creative and start saying this had worked all game long. But you're in a different part of the game. And and, and I know that there's Falcon fans out there that don't want to hear it. But y'all had that. There was no excuse to be throwing the football around when you had a lead in the fourth quarter. Okay, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks, just like we're talking about here. You got one of the greatest players. You don't give them a chance to come back and do what they do. And we watched that. We witnessed it. How many of you all, you know, think about this? Just reminisce for a minute that you you, you watched the halftime show and started doing something else until you looked around and all of a sudden it was a ball game. It went into overtime. Again, great, great, great comeback. Very entertaining game. And, and and one of the best I've ever seen, just from an entertainment perspective. 
Well, I, I, I got two. I, I, because we're in basketball season, I'm going to stay with the basketball. I mentioned the one before uh, was uh, the Portland and Pistons one uh, because it was so personal, and I felt so deflated when Portland won those first two games and went out. But Vinny Johnson, boy, put a clinic on him. And <laughs> to close the series out, I, 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 I remember ru- almost running out the room on that series because, you know, as I mentioned, Pistons, you know, it's not only coming back, but when you, you've got to go to a place that you've never really won, like you've never won mm-hmm. in recent history and try to pull it off in the biggest thing, odds are really stacked against you. Uh, so that one is a, the other one, and this one isn't a championship one, but as I was going back and looking at it, I remember I was going crazy with this one as well. And, and sometimes I criticize Barkley because of that finals against the Bulls. But the 1994 where they were down against Houston, and not only down, but, but uh, they, they, the Rockets had an 18-point lead. And and it was it was they come back they keep it going the Rockets are on their back trying to get stuff going that series in '94 was crazy um, uh, it was it was it was it, it was one of those things where you, you thought it was going to be a run out the gym kind of one but that that series between the Rockets and the Suns you know I know Kenny Smith talks about that. That was a battle of epic proportion, man. You had the dream. And so, to me, that was a great series just because of the players that were involved. You had Ainge out there. You had the whole thing. Uh, that 1994 kind of, uh, 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 kind of Western Conference uh, 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 finals um, uh, series, was, uh, that was uh, one of my favorites just because of the way it was played. Now, if we were to look at one that kind of hurt me, but it was a great comeback. We we're taking home. Was when Colorado beat Michigan on the last second one. Back. Oh, you would bring one, that up. What you do that for? <laughs> to a Detroit native. To a to a Detroit native. Our brother Johnson catch that ball in the end zone. That one right there. Boy, that was that was a that was a painful one for you. And then I'll have one more Michigan just because we keep it home. Was when Anthony Carter. The, the, the return, I still hear Bob you uh, 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 talking about already against Indiana, uh, and it was like uh, uh, hit. Uh, oh, oh no, uh, Wayne Carter, remember that? Yes, the sir. Touchdown last week against Indiana. That that was an uh, incredible uh, 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 run right there. But but uh, but it, it, it makes it fun and interesting, man. And um, that the reason why I've been pushing for this comeback is because I just want to see the narrative build. <laughs> I just want them to win game five because, I, you know, whether they win it or not, I want, I want to get a sense of the, how the public and folks are going to start going crazy, how people are going to lose their mind, how KD all of a sudden can't win the big game, Steph can't do – like, these are great players, right? And I just, I just – but, but people go crazy uh, when this stuff is coming together, and that's why I want to I, – I want to – I want to at least see a game six because I want to get people talking about this concept. I want this stuff to build up even more. I want people to lose their mind. I want to see what Dub City does to fans. 
get a system being quiet. The picture of LeBron and them running off the court, the air coming out of the arena, no one is going back to Cleveland. I want to get a sense of what that's going to look like. And so that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm really getting uh, excited about. If, if you were to think about any of these comebacks, at what moment did you know it was going to be a comeback? You know what? That's, that's easy. It's just, it's just that one game when, when it looks like the, the series is insurmountable, okay? We are, you know, the, the old cliche of one game at a time, one, one quarter at a time, one minute at a time, is never more true than when you're down 3-0, okay, when you're facing elimination for the rest of the series, okay? So you, you know that, again, we talk about, okay, they're up, but are they really out? I'm going to bring up another one, okay, that, that, that's recent, okay? Sorry, Cub fans, I didn't mean to miss you all, but you guys are down 3-1 too, okay? Remember that? But all of a sudden you won game two. All right, now the series is different. Why? Because you felt like you were the better team. All right, you felt like you were the better team. You just didn't play your best games. This is what you want to watch uh, when, 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 when you talk about that great comeback. Does the team have what it takes to make that comeback, or is it a pipe dream? See, the, the thing is, as long as you got a LeBron James, a Michael Jordan, a Tom Brady, you know that you're never out of it as long as there's time on the clock, okay? You know you're never out of it because you know they're never going to quit. So you have to put them away. And if they get one, okay, then, then, it, then they, what they've done is they swung the momentum their way. we got to get this one. All of a sudden, if you don't get that one, now the pants start getting a little tight, all right? I don't have that same confidence because I can't put this team away. And then the team that's behind, I don't have nothing to lose because I should have already lost. So if I got two, nothing's stopping me from getting three and nothing's stopping me from getting four. We saw it last year. We saw it last year. All right? We saw it on numerous occasions. Oddly enough, we saw it in football, we saw it in baseball, and we saw it in basketball. And what we saw was when they got that, when that team that was behind, that had the capability of coming back and winning once they got, for in New England's case, one more score. In the baseball and basketball, one more game, all of a sudden the narrative changed. The momentum shifted. And that team felt like as long as we're still playing, we still got a shot. If Cleveland gets game two in a hostile arena in Golden State tomorrow, I'm telling you, this could possibly go the way it went last year. And even though I believe that Golden State is the better team, if they don't play with their heads, if they don't play with their heads, not their talent, they got to play with their heads, from the coaches all the way down to the water boy, if they don't play with their heads, they're going to face the same fate that they did last year, and then somebody's going to lose their job. So that's the great thing. At what point does a comeback cost you your job? That's a crazy element. So let's let's say let's say this. Let's say uh, Cavs come back. They're not gonna apologize, but what does that? What does what? How do people begin? What's the narrative on Steve Kerr? The narrative does on he, Steve you know, Kerr. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, go ahead and say what you're going to say. I'm going to say the narrative on Steve Kersey can't close, okay? Because at some point, if you, listen, if 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 I'm a, if I'm the Golden State GM, I'm a Golden State fan. I'm watching the last five minutes of Game Seven last year, and I still cringe. Okay, I'm still upset. I'm still here. You are. Okay, you've played with Michael Jordan. You've played with those great teams. You're going to sit here and tell me you don't know how to get your team, uh, how to play in the last five minutes of a of a game seven of a championship. Your team is chucking up shots like you playing at the gym on a Saturday afternoon. Are you kidding me? In a game that's tied, you're not going down there trying to do, do basketball one-on-one. Get the lead. Play defense. You know, you're just chucking up shots. And you don't call a timeout and settle that team down. That still, if I'm a Golden State fan, grinds me. As a basketball fan, D, it grinds me. Okay? As a fundamental mm-hmm. basketball a fan, to watch what we saw last year in the last five minutes of that game on your home court is deplorable. Now, you've got a 3-1 lead. You've got, a, you've got two league MVPs in your starting roster, in your starting lineup, okay? Kevin Durant, okay, uh, Steph Curry. You've got a 3-1 lead. If you don't close this out, there is something wrong. And guess what? Somebody's got to take the fall, all right? And that's going to be the coaching staff, all right? Steve Kerr, you wasn't hurt and your back wasn't sore last year. You won 73 ball games. You didn't win a championship. We went and got you an MVP player, all right? You got a 3-1 lead. You got a chance to close somebody at home. You don't win a championship. You ain't the man to get it done, okay? You ain't the man to get it done. That's the way I'm seeing it. Well, y'all heard it from my man, Hank. With today's show, RSG1 Mike, we've been talking about the art of the comeback. A lot of great content today. As I drop the mic, you know, we've been having these, uh, we got a text message group. And so it's, it's, you know, a lot of uh, folks who are RSG, we'll have Justin on there. We got Game Changer. We got Phil. We got contributors like Mo. Uh, on there. Hank is on there. Hank hasn't contributed as much. We got a whole bunch of cats, like about six or seven of us who have been texting back and forth throughout, you know, the finals and debating the MJ, LeBron kind of stuff. A lot of creative wittiness, as you could probably uh, imagine in those groups. But the person who's just been the most outrageous in the group, and I call him part of the Chicago Mafia because you can't say that about MJ or R. Kelly without these cats fighting back. He's my guy, Hammer. Love him to death. Smart, you know, uh, Stanford-educated, UW Law-trained. You know, this guy's got a brilliant mind. But when they come and talk about MJ or LeBron, he just he makes what I call Trump-like statements. Throws them out with no facts, no data. This is a person who can remember, like, who did what back in 1972 or whatever. Just brilliant mind. And so – I I don't pray for a lot of stuff that is not really substantive. You know, I'm trying to reserve my time with the higher power to do some other stuff, to really push some things. But the kind of eruption this would create for the Chicago Mafia 
if 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 the king came back and won this, would make my year. <laughs> the the unraveling that would happen, the way people would lose their minds, is worth it. <laughs> I for every game the Cavs win, the more we can turn up the heat. You know, right now, Mike is sitting there, you know, there's no argument that LeBron isn't in the little tiny room. He's in the little tiny room. But it's pretty obvious Mike is holding the big championship. But if LeBron was able to leave his calves back up this mountain and somehow figure out how to get the victory, Mike would take a bite and there's going to be a swipe. (laughs) And I would love to experience that. I mean, I think my phone would blow up from the text messages from that group. I think I would have to get a new server if that happened. That is what comebacks do. Comebacks create a level of hysteria that if you just looked at it, you probably could have anticipated it. Hey, this is One Mike. This is RGD Wilson Hank. So all of you support us. Uh, go to iTunes. Look for our big show with myself, uh, uh, Marcus, and Phil. That's where it's like the it's like the lecture in the barbershop. You know, check out Hustle and Flows on our platform. That's like the intersection between hip hop and sports uh, as well. Uh, Inside the Park, you got to check that out with Hank. That's about baseball is more than analytics. And if you spend any time with Hank in baseball, it's incredible. Uh, come support us. Hit us up on iTunes. Uh, like us and uh, give us some great feedback. Hey, thanks for joining the movement and the resistance. This is it from One Mike RSG. This thing right here is for my people's in the streets. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And then at that particular time, I lost it. Devon dropped Yes, yes, yes. Today, Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And you can do that. You know, people talk a lot about this Yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.